What is up, my friends? It is Matt Prince here. This is the Matt Prince Podcast brought to you by strengthcoachsecrets.com and Royal Fitness. Today's topic is this, stack cash. Right, now, I want to share some stuff with you that, that I could put in a list of my top business advices that people gave and uh, to me right, over time. And um, I, I like to say advices like Arnold. So if you're questioning my grammar, you're questioning Arnold's grammar. So, uh, you know, step off. Anyway, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is there's a few things that have gone on last week. Well, in, in the last week, for example, like I haven't posted a podcast. There was two I shot last Wednesday, uh, but, you know, I... Uh, got home i went skateboarding basically long story short i went skateboarding stacked hard got embarrassed uh went and had a float and um you know when i when i stacked taking that back i stacked and there's young mums at the skate park because it was school holidays there's a grandpa there and a kid come up a little scooter kid probably about eight years old come up to see if i was all right like it must look pretty stupid but um anyway so i had a bit of a story around that now, i might share that in the future but I forgot about it because I, I had a float and then I got out and there was a press conference. And after that press conference, what it was, was basically the, the Metro shutdown. I was like, fuck. So I lost uh, about 30, I think it was 36 members um, at Royal that are in the Metro area through, through Sunbury, through Werribee, through Tarnit, through Melton and, you know, Rock Bank and all those sorts of areas. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, right. So this is the thing I've got to sort out. Um, and I just completely got distracted about the, um, about the podcast and I've been, you know, shooting kettlebell videos, getting them all set up with equipment, trying to do my best to, to, to accommodate them, right. To help them out. Now, some of the things that I've been thinking about, because in that last week, there's been more places shut down, more gyms shut down, more businesses shut down because they just can't stay open. Right. They don't know how long the, the next lockdown is going to be. The first lockdown, they just survived. And then they were open for a few weeks, get excited. And then it's like, boom, cop that right and i i think it sucks for starters but there's also a few things that um you know some key some key fundamentals that need to be addressed uh in terms of like business in general and in terms of like how we live our life with our finances so a few things these are some of the tips that i got all right tip number one the Richest Man in Babylon. It was a book that was given to me years and years ago, or recommended to me years and years ago. And what they talk about is taking 10% of every single dollar you earn and investing that into something, something that grows. Right? And uh, this is one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever had. Right, And um, essentially... I try for, I actually back, I used to track it. I used to try for 40 to 50%, right? Not just 10%. I used to try for 40 to 50%, especially when I was living at home and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'd probably even at, at some points in my life, I've put pretty much all of my, you know, all of my wage or income into, into investing. And I still will. I always will, right? Like basically my, my savings accounts are just, there's two pieces, which is piece number two, which I'll go into in a sec, but they're just to to put into growth type um, investments. Now, why, right? Why, why would I do this? Why would I think about like compounding and, and growing and investing and stuff like that? Now, the first piece is compounding, okay? So when you have 10%, let's say it's 10 cents in a dollar and you put that into something that grows by 5% 
a year, right? So now you've got 15 cents in the next next year um, and you, you know, fucking pretty good. 15 cents, I had 10 cents, I've done nothing and five cents, it's, you know, it's, it's added on. That's pretty good, right? Sounds cool, yeah? Now next week, next year, you've got another five cents. Now let's say it goes up to, it might go up to 24 cents, right? And this growth is happening. That year, you've got eight cents or nine cents rather than just a five cent growth. The following year, you might end up with 15 cents of growth, right? The year after that, you might end up with 25 cents of growth. This is this is just an example, but it's growing. Now, now that 10 cents is worth like 63 cents, right? And, and within three or four years, yeah, it's a bit of time. But you also haven't really done anything in terms of that. You've just, you know, you've managed it and you might, you know, look at what's going on and make sure you're still in the right spot. But there is growth. Now, that continues on and it basically compounds and compounds and multiplies and multiplies and that number keeps getting bigger and the percentage stays very similar, right? There's still growth. Now, this is very important to understand. And one of the things I've, I've, I get asked a bit about property, Property is something that I really love, and it's a that is my um, end game in business in the business world is to to do property stuff. Like I'll always train people, and I always have the gym, and I love it. It's fucking awesome. But the idea that I have and the the vehicle that I'll, I'll use for property is is business, right? So you use the business that's the vehicle to to gain property, which is the actual end game business, right? This is no different to what McDonald's do. McDonald's, you know, they think every, everybody's got, they think about the burgers, right? But McDonald's is the actual company. They own the land and the buildings that all the McDonald's are in, right? So there's actually two McDonald's companies, McDonald's, which owns it. And then the, uh, so the McDonald's like um, property company, essentially, and then you've got the McDonald's franchise company. So they manage the franchises. So obviously the franchises do well, but the property, like you think about going to like, say Spencer Street, right? Spencer Street McDonald's. Think about what that building's worth. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, right? And I'm sure they own it. And then the franchisee would rent uh, rent that property off them. And, you know, and so they've got money coming in off rent. They've got the franchise. They've got growth in the actual place. They can go and buy more and more. They can end up with some land out in Rock Bank, put a Macca's on there, land it back smash, put a Macca's on there, and it just keeps growing, right? So you think about what what business Macca's is really in. They've got the burgers, yeah, obviously, but the, the real growth factors for them and the real growth drivers for them, I would say, is in the property. Right, so just have a think about that for a sec. Now, this is from this is again compounding. So my thought is property is a good thing. Now, an example of compounding, and this is this is how I play the game. People ask me, people seen on Instagram the other week. Uh, Tal put up a, a photo of uh, me or a boomerang of me jumping on our on, on a block. We bought a block uh, just before Nate was born, so it was like probably nine ten months ago. It was a week before Nate was born. So it would be, yeah, it would be about nine and a half months ago. And um, we basically put down $14,000 to hold the block. And it, it just titled two weeks ago. We're building a place on it as an investment. Um, it's going to be a rental place. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a build happening. Last week, we signed the build contract. So the week before the, the land titled. And all of this has happened, right? So this is going to be, this place is, it's going to be worth you know, just over half a million dollars. So it'll be like, you know, a, a solid, solid little investment. And it's we haven't put anything in apart from that fourteen fifteen thousand dollars to hold the property, right? We haven't put any money in. It's all been done off equity, right? And this equity comes from our house or from the from the old properties that we have that have gone up in value, right? Which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And we've done this twice. So we've got two places where I haven't actually put a deposit in, 
right, at all. I haven't put a deposit in. It's just done off equity. Now, does that mean I've got a lot of loans? Absolutely. Fucking oath I do. And, I, I, you know, loans out of my eyeballs, right? Is it a, a risk? Maybe. I don't know. There's always risk in everything. Is the the rental repayments paying off the loans? Yep, for most of them. Some of them no. Um, some of them yes. You know, it, it's they're all strategic moves for for a bigger purpose. But the idea that I'm trying to get across to you guys is compounding is what makes things like this possible, right? If you don't have that compounding effect, it's very very hard to rapidly expand. Now. Equity is a form of compounding. I haven't put any more money in. There's fake money in the air. They say, hey, now your house is worth this much money. So we just take that and that's our deposit for another place. Now, what we're going to do in three or four years is the exact same thing. <laughs> take take the equity grown off this new property and then go and do it again and do it again and do it again. Yes, there'll be a lot of loans. Yes, there's a lot of risk, right? But at the same time, if the compounding effect keeps working, why not ride that out? All right, so that's piece number one is compounding. Now, I hope that makes some sense. Now, guys, obviously, I'm not a financial advisor. Obviously, you should be smart about what you do. Don't go and just buy random shit, get educated on it. I've done a lot of courses, a lot of study in this stuff, um, and it makes me very comfortable with going out and just and, and, and borrowing half a million dollars with, uh, you know, with some some you know world ending uh, threats in the way with your business getting shut down, like I was okay doing that because I was comfortable with it all and I understand it, right? So you need good advice. Somebody much smarter than me should be giving you advice on this sort of stuff. So that's part number one. Those compounding is a good thing. Part number two, and the way you compound guys is to take ten to fifty percent or however much you can afford. Uh, I actually I wouldn't say how much you can afford. I would say how much you want to commit to growth. And, uh, and have that percentage and automate it so it's, it's going into an account, a savings account, and then you can go out and put that into whatever you choose, shares, property. I know people that do well out of shares, property, whatever it is, but make sure that you're compounding that money in some way, I'd recommend. Now, piece number two is stack cash. Now, stacking cash is, uh, it sounds a really cool way to have savings. Um, basically, the places that get shut down in terms of businesses that get shut down, it's because their money's run out. All right, that's how it works. So, you know, the rent's not working or, you know, they can't afford to keep staff on or they can't afford to pay their, their lease repayments on equipment and stuff like that. You need to make sure that you, you've got a bit of a buffer area. And this is, this is something that, again, was taught to me early days and I've always made sure I've done that as I've had this buffer area. And that buffer area is like an oh shit um, buffer area. It's not, not a crazy amount, maybe a month, maybe two months, it will get you through. Um, but the thing is, it's there, right? And it gives you some time to think and plan and think clearly rather than going straight to scarcity mode and freaking the fuck out and getting stuck with your pants down with, you know, no money in your accounts and, and, and you know, and, and you don't know where that next dollar is coming from. So that's the second thing is make sure that you've got some some savings in the bank. And I would, I, will, I, I personally recommend doing that in two areas. If you're a business person, <coughs> you'll have your personal accounts and have, a, have an oh shit thing. So it might cover, say, six months worth of mortgages. You know, it might, it might cover six months worth of mortgages and a month worth of food or something like that, right? Have a number that you want to hit and have that saved. And that doesn't get invested. That, that doesn't get invested. You just sit that in an offset account against one of your houses or something like that. 
that's the the protection type money, right? It's just oh oh shit money. And then the other side of it, you'd have it in the business. So you've got some business savings and that's stuff that, you know, when it happens all the time, bills come up that you don't expect, like you don't plan for. That money covers that, right? So you might aim for, you know, it might be a month of wages and and an extra X amount of thousands of dollars, depending on what kind of bills you have. It might be like month of wages and then plus five grand, right? And that's the that's the savings account just in case, right? Just in case. Now I might be sounding dramatic here, but let's let's look at it. Like a lot of places, a lot of people that are having a shutdown. It's not they're not shutting down because. They want to, right? A lot of places don't want to do that, right? It doesn't make, it's it's more like if they could have that account and have that, that, that backing, they would have a bit of time to work out their next move because you have to evolve and adapt in business. Like you can't just think, hey, look, the property market's going to go up forever or the share market's going to go up forever or, you know, personal training is going to be a cool thing forever. Like you have to sort of adapt and move. Right, and if you have that that little bit of safety barrier, it gives you a little bit of flexibility to actually think clearly about what the next thing you need to do is. All right, so that's part number two. Part number three. So so far, I've gone through compounding, then I've gone through um, stacking cash and putting stuff away. So you got you know money for a rainy day just in case. Part number three is it's basically a um, if we look at it from a a tree, right, and you got the trunk so you have your main trunk as the business or as your income so let's say you're a, um you know you're an employee and you and you work for for a wage that would be your trunk right so whether it's income in business or wage you got your trunk and then you got branches coming off that one of my old mentors he, he used to recommend for, for every business and every person to have five income streams going on at the same time. Now, you know, it, it could be done in very different ways. It might be done in, you say, say if, if, if I was on a wage, what it would be is like, I've got the wage and then I've got my, uh, you know, it might be a side hustle. You know, you might be doing something on the weekends to get a little bit of extra money in or something like that. It might be an investment you've got. So that would be the second one. It might be an investment, say, in property. So you might have um, rental income. Third one might be share growth, so you've got three in there now. The fourth one might be like, hey, this is this is uh, you know, this is something that I'm investing as a silent partner, a silent partner. So you're helping somebody out with business, and it might be like, hey, I'm lending them ten grand; they're going to pay back twelve grand, something like that. I don't know, I don't know. But these are just ideas, guys. Like you might be selling shit uh, on on Facebook or at markets or whatever. Like you have to be creative with this but having those those different income streams it allows it so if one of them completely disappears let's say let's say that trunk gets shut down let's say your wage goes but you've got some investments where you're making some money some uh some things that you're selling on the side which are making some money so you're able to get through right you're able to to again have some sort of finance financial backing as you start to build up that trunk again, right? So that's just a really good concept that I got taught. Now, the, the next piece is uh, the, the fourth, I suppose, best piece of advice that I've had around business is about working harder and versus working smarter. Now, I work hard, all right? People think that I don't work hard. Uh, I'm sure people think I don't work hard. Some people know that I work hard, but there's a lot of people that would be like, oh, you just train people, tell them what to do, and that's it. But they don't see all the uh, all the back-end stuff and all the early mornings and all the other things that, that happen, right, and all the sleepless nights and all that, right, management of, of hundreds of people, right? It's, um, 
that's you know it's uh it's all part of it so the idea behind working hard versus working smart there's pieces to it now i see people who will go to work and they'll work 10 11 hour days 12 hour days every day now how long is that sustainable for for me i tried it sustainable for maybe three years i think um and that was because i was like caffeined up and I'd, I'd class myself as like a um an extremist and, and i was able to handle that i reckon for most people doing that i reckon nine months i'd give them about nine months before they just turn into a psychopath or quit or fuck it up somehow and not not like it especially if it's in business they'll start deliberately self-sabotaging so they don't have to do so much work now if you look at it from a different angle and you're like all right cool i know, I know that this is going to happen so put some structures in place that that can help you, um, uh, I suppose, free up that mental energy so you can keep growing how you want to grow. Now, I've got this with with people in my team, right? They know I am terrible at finishing things. So their job is to finish things. <laughs> like, and that's what they're great at, right? Like, there's a, there's a lot of people who are like... Um, you know, very good at uh, finishing things. And then there's people like me who are very good at starting things and not finishing them. So like I've got a team of people that clean up after me essentially and finish the uh, finish the job. And that's the most important part, right? That's that's a crazy thing. Like I can get things started, but then I've got like guys like Jake and Chaz and Britt and Tal and Jack, like they come in and they finish it off. Right now, I am terrible. I can I can get people into the gym and I can, um, you know, provide all the all the things. But then I might I'll, I'll forget key pieces and, and I'll forget to tell them. And they're fucking awesome. They're superstars at fixing things for me, right? And rolling with it and adapting. And it and I appreciate the fuck out of them. Like it, it helps so much. But literally, like I'm going to be looking at getting a pretty much. Uh, a, uh, a full-time um, spot for one of them in terms of like bringing up and essentially finishing my pieces that I'm, I'm renowned for not finishing, right? And that's because they're, they're great finishers, right? So there's different people. So you have to look at like that sort of thing. So I know, hey, if I was to try and finish everything, it would take me fucking ages and it probably wouldn't get done that well. But if I can bring somebody in and invest, again, it's an investment to have a staff member. It costs a lot of money, right? And it costs a lot of time and all that. It's like, it's it's actually like for a lot of people, it's easy to work solo, but it's harder to grow and, and do what you want to do. So I look at it as an investment, an investment in buying back my time. So I can go out and um, you know be there at home when I want to be at home with, with Nate and Tal. So I can train my, my body and do what I want to do in my body so I can go and do the things that I want to do, right? Does it mean I'm like, being lazy and taking leisure sometimes but most of the time no like sometimes where i go on a two-week holiday or something it's pretty much like a refresher or a reset um but it's not like you know people i like, wouldn't you hear people say hey wouldn't it be nice but you, they don't see the the work leading into that that sort of like led to that point if you didn't have that holiday you'd murder somebody right so that's the third, fourth piece is uh acting uh working smart not harder and what i'd recommend is is finding ways to buy back your time so if you're an employee let's say you're working 10 hours a day right and you're doing it five or six days a week you're hustling your face off you should have people who are preparing your food for you. So whether you're just buying like your, your Hello Freshes, so they're doing the, they're delivering it to your house, or or you're getting like taking it another step further, buying pre pre cooked foods like those muscle food type things, things like that. You should be doing that, right? If you struggle with nutrition and you're working too much, 
and you're eating like shit, you should have enough like money to go, hey, I'm going to spend 150 bucks or you know 200 bucks on my food bill. Yes, it's going to cost you an extra 100 bucks, but it makes sense to do that. It makes sense for you to invest in a trainer or a coach for your body. Right? It's like, hey, I'm going to train three times a week. I'm going to lock in my times. It might be 7.30. I don't fucking want to do it because I'm tired. But if I lock in this, I've got some accountability, I've got some groups, I've got people telling me what to do so I don't have to go out and learn it myself. It makes complete sense. Now you've offlaid two things you don't have to think about. You don't have to think about what you're going to do for your body. You don't have to, to not do it because you're locked in and you're going to have some accountability there. And you've got your food. So that starts to cover your body side, right? You might you might go and oh, I'm gonna invest in a massage once a week so I don't get super tight my traps from you know driving machinery or whatever, right? And that'll keep you sharp in the thing. So far you've spent maybe three hundred dollars, right? In in looking after yourself and self-care, but you're buying back time, you're buying back energy, you're buying back uh, you know, health, you're buying back these things. So it makes sense to do that. It's an investment in you. So that's that's a one way to do it. You can do it all over. Like people have cleaners. People have no guys in the gym that have people clean their house. They do this. Like literally, they work really hard. So they they invest in uh, people cooking for them. They invest in people training them. They invest in cleaners. They invest in like landscapers to um, keep cleaner. They're like garden maintenance type people. Do it. Right? Why would you finish a fifty or sixty hour a week? make a heap of money and then and say your say your hourly rate average is like 60 70 bucks or 50 bucks or 40 bucks or whatever why wouldn't you get somebody you know off air task to come and do your garden for 20 bucks an hour right while well, you can reset refresh spend time with the kids you know watch footy whatever you want to do so that's another piece to think about is um is working smarter not harder and and offlaying all the things that are are tasks that you don't need to be doing or that make no real sense for you to do. So you, you should have a, a bit of a team around you because it will make you more effective. And the last piece, guys, number five, this is this is the one to wrap it up. Now, this one, it's, you know, we've gone over compounding, we've gone over stacking cash, we've gone over um, delegating, essentially working smart workers, working hard. We've gone over, I can't even remember point number three. Uh, I haven't been writing these down, but we've gone over a lot of stuff. Right, we've been we've been discussing it all, but the last piece that I wanted to share is very simple, and that's educate yourself. Right, education is one of the best investments anybody can make. Something that nobody can take away from you. It's something that um, you will, you you know, you educate yourself now for the future. Right, you educate yourself now, so when shit goes sideways, you're prepared. You know, you'll know what the next step is, or when that next step pops up you'll know what to take. You'll know that's the direction that you need to go. So education is one of those things. Like if you need to find mentors, if you're, you know, say a trainer and trying to, to, to build a successful gym business, there's people that have done it. You should hire them to teach you, right? Me, I am one of those people. I, I've taught people before and it's helped them grow their gyms, right? Like it's just how it works because I've done the process. So it speeds their process up and allows them to, to do it basically pain-free. Right, the only pain they have is the investment in their in their education and in their time to 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 you know um, to learn it and to do it. Now, if you're somebody who's like, oh, I like this stuff about property, I like that concept. Buy a course. Like, I've spent, you know, I'd say probably ten plus thousand dollars worth of money on courses and books and things like that, just on real estate alone. Right, when I was looking into shares, I bought, I spent five grand on a share course, and just I've never bought a share in my life. Right, I don't plan on it. Right, like it's it's 
the education is definitely worth it. That five grand taught me not to put 10 grand into a bad share that I didn't understand. So you think about it, like the education side of things, no one can take away and it will amplify your skills to do whatever you want to do. Um, it'll just make you do it better essentially. So that's some things to think about. Anyway, that's all I've got for you today. My, my, uh, if I come up with any more, I'll let you know. If, if this was helpful, please let me know. Just just shoot me a message or, um, you know, tell me when you see me or whatever. But my ideas around finances and around business are simple, um, are time-tested, and and I think uh, ultimately um, I'm going to continue to to keep living the way I am and, and keep doing the way I am, and I'll keep trying to learn and grow and, and educate myself to be better. But long term i think if we put in time and effort and sacrifice now and not go and buy that shirt that we want or the car that we want or something like that and it's like all right this is this is time to build up a future um future account you know future knowledge future whatever that will pay dividends in the future and 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 you'll be surprised at how how glad you'll be you did it anyway that's all i have guys i hope you're really really doing well and uh if you have any questions or topics for me to talk about please hit me up um if you want to become a part of the gym let me know just shoot us a message we're taking people on so i'd love to have you in um but guys beyond that i'll talk to you soon have a great one bye